Hey everybody, welcome to the Bear Hunting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, today we're going to go up to the mountains of British Columbia to talk with a uh, bear guide and he hunts bears himself too, uh, Devin Jewell of Pacific Bear Outfitters. So uh, he shoots some monster, monster bears up there and so I really want to learn how he does it. So uh, without further ado, how you doing Devin? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you, Matt? Oh, great, great. So, thanks for coming on. Glad to talk to you. Oh, no problem. I always like talking about bear hunting, so should yeah. be good. Yeah, yep. <laughs> As do I. So, well, cool. So, anyway, um, for those that don't know you, uh, do you want to give a quick intro, where you're from, what part of BC you're in, that sort of thing? Sure. Uh, we're in uh, southern coast of British Columbia. And I'm Devin Jewell. I own Pacific Bear Outfitters. Um, we specialize in hunting giant coastal black bear. Uh, mainly in the spring we hunt them. Um, and yeah, kind of been doing guiding hunters for about, ooh, just about 15 years, I guess now. Okay, so, awesome. Quite a while. Awesome. Now, has that always been with, have you had Pacific Bear Outfitters that long, or did you start somewhere else? No, I started in Northwest British Columbia guiding for Guyan LC Antilla and Taku Safaris. Okay. Um, so I guide for them for, oh, 10 to 12 years. And then I purchased, when they retired, I purchased my own area. So that's when I said Pacific Bear Outfitters. Okay. Uh, that's about three years ago. So. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. Sweet. Now, now, when you say coastal British Columbia, are you right on the ocean then or... Are you a little um, from the ocean? No, we're in the coast mountain range of British Columbia, which is just in from the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we still have access to salt water and sand streams and that sort of stuff, but for the most part, we're in like very big mountains, right in the center of the coast range. So Okay, okay, gotcha. Cool. <clears throat> That's neat. So then, um, you know, for, for maybe listeners that don't know a whole lot about... Uh, um, Basically, the coastal British Columbia is known for just absolutely monster black bears. Is that right? Oh, yeah. So uh, Vancouver Island, of course, is everybody's heard of that if they hunt bears. Yep. Uh, and the mainland coast uh, is the sa- essentially the same thing as the island. Uh, the one difference being that we have a color phase variation where the island bears only come in black. Okay. Um, so the reason that the coastal bears get bigger is, of course, opens up there earlier in the spring so they have a longer growing season that's a huge part of it uh and then the other part of it is the coast range influences the weather and they get more rain so the more rain you get of course the higher protein feed you get uh and the abundance of feed is exponential to the amount of rain you have so berries you know mass crops of berries fish uh all those different types of things are just exponentially more due to the amount of rain we get. So the bears just have so much forage, they can grow faster. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. And, uh, I mean, you guys take full advantage of that from the, the pictures I've seen. You shoot some monster bears. I mean, and most yeah, folks we... are used to, like, five, six-foot black bears. You guys shoot monsters. <laughs> yeah, we really try to try to do you know, the bear justice and hunt the old mature males. Uh, mm-hmm. We really quality versus quantity. So our hunts are a seven day hunt. Uh, and I take the, 
about 12 hunters every spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, those hunts I pretty much personally guide myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really spend a lot of time looking for old male bears. Gotcha. Um, and then, of course, you get those those big, big quality male bears, right? So bears with 19-inch skulls is pretty pretty normal for us. Um, you know, you take some 20s, but, I mean, nowhere you're going to hunt do they take every bear's a 20. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Right. Uh, but we, you know, this year we took just about all 19-inch bears, uh, and not only do the hides square out big, you know, six and a half, seven, in that neighborhood, the girth through the armpits of the bears is very, very nice. So one bear this spring had a girth through the armpits of five feet. Um, so for a black bear, that's really, really, a really big bear. That is a monster for sure. So that's, I mean, that's, that's, you're starting to get like, like borderline grizzly bear size at that point. <laughs> so. Yeah, you, there's some really, some really good ones there. So uh, our area is a thousand square kilometers. Mm-hmm. Um, so the bulk of the hunting pressure for bears is, is our hunting outfit. And by no means do we take that many animals. So yeah. uh, we really have some some big old bruisers roaming around in there. That's awesome. Sweet. Well, cool. So I guess um, for those for listeners that maybe aren't familiar with the British Columbia bear hunting structure, um, when when do you guys typically hunt bears there? Uh, yep. So we hunt. Uh, we mostly hunt our bears in the spring. Um, so the reason for spring is the bears are more day active, mm-hmm. uh, and you have the rut, and mm-hmm. also the leaves aren't fully out when you're hunting in the spring. So you can just put your binoculars on a lot more country so you can increase the success of the hunt just from that so we really focus on spring bear hunting okay gotcha now when when does like when do you guys typically start hunting bears Uh, in spring we start our first hunts in the last three days of april to the and right at the first day of may essentially right in that neighborhood Uh, and we go till june 15th which is the end of the season okay uh so the the bears start rutting typically around the 20 ish in that area okay and we go right through with running activity to the end of the season okay gotcha that's cool now now with that season do you um is there is there a better time frame that you you prefer within that spring structure um so for me i say the the biggest bears are killed the first hunt Mm -hmm. because the big males come out the earliest uh-huh. Or they're killed in the rut. Okay. Uh, the in the in between is good. You see lots of bears. There's no shortage of that. And you'll see good big bears too. Yeah. But but sometimes you see bears that you wouldn't otherwise see. Like the rut, of course, is just like deer. Mm-hmm. Those big guys who are nocturnal can become not nocturnal. Right. Exactly. Right. Yep. And then the odd time on the early early hunt, uh, you'll find just uh, the bears. There's few places for them to feed so a big male might dominate a good feeding area uh, and it gives you the opportunity to, to harvest that male um but besides that not re- like the rut has its own challenges is the opportunities are way faster in the rut because the, be- the boars are moving right right so yeah. if you're a person who can't compose yourself for the shot quickly mm-hmm. the rut's yeah. not when you want to hunt if you want the best success okay gotcha. if you're a person who needs time to shoot then you want to go early when the bears are in a feed pattern mm-hmm. and they're 
going to pause and give you that extra time for a quality shot. Gotcha. Um, so there is the you kind of got to match the client to the type of hunt as well. Right. Yep. Exactly. Now that's that's an interesting take on. I've never heard it like that before. That you know, basically, I mean, I guess it's kind of like deer hunting. You know, you got to be ready for. Um, you know, in the rut, especially the peak of the rut, you got to be ready for a quick shot because they're moving a lot. But, um, oh, yeah. it, do you ever have like, so, so when early in the season, they're focusing on food, right? Do you ever, yeah. have, like, how do you, how do you, is it just sort of random when you're hunting the rut that, you, or do you have like spots that you focus on looking for rutting bears? Like, how do you, how do you go about that? I guess. Uh, so in, as you learn your, if you're a guide, you have mm-hmm. your area, you learn your area. Yeah. Um, so there's areas that I call like nurseries. Okay. And that's where I see a lot of sow bears. Okay. So during the rut, I head to those, I'm essentially, you're hunting a sows. And yeah. Instead of hunting old male bears, you're hunting sows mm-hmm. and the old male bears will be with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you kind of throw your tactics differently for sure. Cause in the early season, there's places I look for old males and if you went back there in the rut, you'll never see a bear because they're gone. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, so essentially you got to stop hunting male bears and start hunting female bears in the rut, right? Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. a that's an interesting way to look. I mean, because I do the same thing with deer. You don't hunt bucks in the rut. You hunt does. Exactly. So that's kind of what I do. So I switched out what I call hunting my nurseries. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I've had a lot of success with is because our area has, like, huge amounts of massive river valleys everywhere. Yeah. Uh, like, more than most you'll ever see in most places. Mm-hmm. So the big males I'll find at about 4 a.m. when it, it's light at 4 a.m. Yeah. So 4 or 5 a.m., those big old boys, when the downdrafts are coming off the mountain, they actually walk the lowest areas they can find. So via logging roads or trails or river banks, they walk those spots because the thermals are bringing scent down the mountain and they just walk in a straight line until they hit a thermal of a hot south and then they climb the mountain after them. And uh-huh. I've cashed in on lots of opportunities just created from those big males walking to catch thermal currents. Oh, that's neat. That's really cool. Huh. So, so in the, so basically in the bottom of the river valleys, there's logging roads and you're just walking those looking for boars that are scent checking for sows then. Yep. And they're just, those boars will just get on those roads, trails, riverbanks, whatever it is, the easiest path of resistance okay. or least resistance. And they just walk it's, and they're going quick too. So that's yeah. why another reason you're the hunter who's hunting in the ruts for his best opportunity needs to be a, a hunter who's fast. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's interesting. Now, now a little background, right? So, so Devin, you were on the show Bear Horizons that's put on Bear Hunting Magazine, right? Mm-hmm. And um, there's an episode and, and basically a lot of the episode, it shows you guys walking logging roads. And, you know, just from 30,000 foot view, I'm like, okay, so they're just walking logging roads looking for bears that are feeding on grasses or something, right? But you guys are actually walking it, looking for scent checking boars. Uh, at that time of year, yeah, we mostly were do- checking for boars. Um, but also in that early, early season, once mm-hmm. you figure out where a, a bear is feeding, you can just walk the the road edge if that's where a bear has been feeding, okay. and you will see them too. So we do we do both those things. Okay. Um, so we check a lot. I like cut blocks, uh-huh. uh, old roads and cut blocks and avalanche shoots. Mm-hmm. Those are where 
the majority of our bears are feeding. Uh, also in the flood deltas in the early, early season. Mm-hmm. But by the second week of the season, the flood deltas, the grass is so tall. The bears are there, but you never see them anymore. Yeah, yep, exactly. Okay, gotcha. That's cool. <clears throat> All right, so I want to backtrack a little bit. So you called, so you, you said the sows are in what you called nurseries. What What is a nursery? Like, what kind of terrain makes up a nursery? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> um, even, I'm not even totally sure what composes a nursery okay. uh, myself, but they do, it's a thing that exists and you do find, will find them. So, um, I noticed those places I'll see a lot more sow cub activity, like early in the season. Okay. They're usually places on south slopes, I find. Okay. Um, there are also places with like a good mass berry crop, it, or so it seems to me that there's always going to be a mass berry crop. So they're usually almost always on a south slope. Okay. Interesting. But I'll see just a lot of sow, sow cub activity. And you might not, you might see a little bit of boar activity too, but they're usually younger boars. Yeah. Until the rut. And then you see the big boars in there and okay. they'll come in and they'll, they'll pick up a sow that doesn't have cubs and they'll mm. take her into the mountain for you know like a week or whatever they'll go up into the the nasty rocks and slide shoots yeah and then he might come back and get another one okay that's fast i've never heard of a nursery before that's interesting all right so you know we've been we jumped right into the rut but let's go back to the beginning of the of the spring so right at the beginning of the spring you know that first those last three days of april early may um are you finding bears down? Because I know you talked about the flood deltas down low, but uh, do you find them up high as well? Um, I'll find them not. No, I won't find them too crazy high. Okay. I might. I'll mostly check flood deltas and low cut blocks. Okay. Um, if there is some spots like this, always you know you have a couple of spots in your mind yeah. that yeah there could be one up there because a avalanche slid or something and opened up a good spot. Mm-hmm. there is you can go up and check those places for sure um but generally that first hunt the snow is still not that high above us so the bears are really concentrated down on those those low feed areas okay so the lowest you know r- roads on the south faces mm-hmm. uh the flood deltas the low low cut blocks that are two to three years old mm-hmm. they're all going to be really concentrated in there and for the most part, I don't see any sows and cubs for the first hunt. Okay. Yep. We see only only male bears the first hunt. Yep. Yep. And and if you're new to sort of bear hunting, that's because um, big boars are the first ones out of the den. The sows and the cubs are the last ones out typically. Yeah. Yeah. So the first hunt is a really good pro, like a really. That's why I say like the first hunt's kind of where you kill the biggest bears and then the ruts when you kill the biggest bear. Yeah. Just because the concentrations, there's no leaves that first hunt. So mm-hmm. when there's no leaves, your shot opportunity is way higher. Your glassing opportunity is way higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, those things, of course, as it leaves out, you lose shooting opportunity. You lose glassing opportunity. Okay. So you have all those factors. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Now, also, you know, so so that early part, so they're feeding on. What are what exactly are they feeding on down there? I know grasses is the sort of buzzword, but is there specific grasses or some sort of flower or other vegetation they're feeding on down there? Um, 
So skunk cabbage bulbs seem to be pretty popular that early bit. Um, okay. And definitely like clover is like where forestry seeds out clover over old logging applications is like mm-hmm. clover is like king. Okay. Like king king. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you find if you find good clover patches, you'll find tons of bear sign. Okay. That's good. Um, yeah. The. Well, I'm gonna interrupt you here. Is... I'm gonna interrupt you here. So funny story. So <laughs> there, I I heard of a guy around here that he didn't want to mow his lawn, and so he decided, you know what, I'm gonna pl- just till up my grass. And I'm going to plant clover, you know, basically as a food plot for my yard. So I'll have deer, you know, just feeding in my yard all the time, right? And that was his, like, yep. grandmaster plan to get away from mowing his lawn. I guess he had some of the worst bear problems. <laughs> 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 Unintended consequence. So I don't I don't know if he ever got rid of his, his clover, what his clover food plot yard. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. Yep. I just thought that was, I just thought of that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, yeah, that's what would happen for sure. Yeah, they love clover. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so you got, you know, that's like the natural grasses of the uh, flood delta. Um, also, there's a, in the avalanche shoots, there's a, a wild mint that they really seem to like. Okay. Um, I don't know its exact scientific name, but it smells yeah. like mint. Okay, interesting. Now, that's funny because I, I was um, one of the best – you know, because here in Michigan and in in Ontario, where I've hunted too, um, you can use bait. And one of the attractants I've used that surprising, at least on the surface, it sounds surprising, is I put out some spearmint as like a it was like an attractant spray. And um, oh yeah, and it was one of the best attract. I think it was the best attractant I've ever used. I mean, I've used like you know bacon and blueberry and all that stuff. Spearmint yeah. was like right up there with it if not better. Oh yeah. You know, and so oh, yeah. that's funny. <laughs> Do you know what else works really good? It's actually uh black Sambuca. Black Sambuca. What's that? Cause, cause of the, like alcohol. Cause oh, of the liquor. Oh, in it. oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Animals like I trap as well and mm. animals love licorice. So you take that black Sambuca and pour it around on like trees and stuff. Uh-huh. And cause it's got alcohol and it seeps right in there. Yeah. And in the winter that smell stays liquid as well. Uh-huh. And the animals just love that stuff. Interesting. Black Sambuca. Interesting. I'll have to keep that in mind. Huh. That's cool. Yeah, I've caught, you know, wolves, beavers, coyotes, all all kind of critters with black Sambuca. Okay. I've never tried that as a trap. Maybe I trap too, but, uh, huh. I'm going to have to give that a go. I've never thought of that. That's cool. <laughs> so, okay, so there's some sort of mint that they're eating, but it's minty anyway. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. That's good to know. Okay. Now, also in your area too, is there, uh, do you have any like muscle beds or anything like that they feed on? Or are you too far away from the coast for that? Um, there's a little bit of that stuff. Yeah. But okay. not, it's not something I spend a lot of time on. Okay. Um, it would be like, yeah, you can go to those spots and take like a bear once in a while kind of thing. But yeah. if you just hunted them all the time, it would be for the amount I have, it wouldn't, you just wipe the bears that utilize it off basically. So yeah, gotcha. Okay. So secondary thing, but anyway, the, the big thing is early on, you're looking at, at those, um, floodplains. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then when, and so skunk cabbage, mint and, um, and uh, pop, and, popular buds are quite, uh, utilized as oh, well yeah. in that early time. Yep. Yep. 
Yep, same here. They they like that around here too. Um, okay. Yeah. Now now as the season progresses, does their food sources change any at all, or are they sort of feed on the same things? Uh, no, they up? go into the they move up higher and they get into like in my area by the third hunt. There's berries ripening already. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, so they're already starting to think about like berries by the third, fourth hunt for sure. Oh, um, wow. okay. So that can become a little bit tricky to hunt the berry patches because they're very robust leaf wise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, you really, <clears throat> I really utilize like good glassing angles. Like there's certain places I can go that give me the good angles on certain other vantage points. Mm-hmm. Um, and without those, it would be tricky to be successful okay. in those areas. Um, but besides that, I spend a lot, still spend a lot of time looking at like the avalanche shoots, okay. um, just because they're very open. So it's more the success rates on getting a shot are higher. Not mm-hmm. be, not because there's more bears in them, but because it's open enough to actually get a shot at the bears. Okay, gotcha. That makes sense. Now. You know, later in the later in the rut, right? So, I mean, the, this I just thought of this. So, um, you know, you were talking about how bears are moving fast, right? So, if you're doing, if you're, you know, if you glass up a bear and it's a decent distance away, how do you close the distance, especially if they're moving fast? Like, do you do you even bother going for bears like that, or what? Um. um... Like during the rut, are we thinking? Or? Yeah, yeah. Like later, like you said, those big boars, like they're they're on the move, you know. Yeah, so I'd probably I wouldn't bother getting to where the bear is. I'd get probably get up to a point where I think he's gonna cross. Okay, okay. And gotcha. yes, that I mean, there's no guarantees on that one, but right. If you're in the right place and you can think, you know, there's a cut block up there, and it looks like if he just keeps walking the way he is, at some point he's going to cross that. Mm-hmm. And you get up there and wait and watch. You'd be surprised sometimes how often there, you know, you're waiting and waiting, and then oh, there he is. Yeah, pops right over, right? So oh, that's cool. Neat. <clears throat> okay. Now you just said that also that you were um you have these vantage points into these berry patches, basically these early berry patches. How? What do you mean by that? Like, what kind of angles are you talking about that you're trying to get on these berry patches? Like, looking straight into them, kind of, so you can really see what's happening, right? Because mm-hmm. the vegetation on, on in the mountain coastal areas is, like, very thick, big leaves, you know? Yeah. So you, gotta, you really got to think about how you're going to – you can't just wander around in an area. Right. The, like a big male bear, you wander around through an area just for fun, still hunting, mm-hmm. and leave your scent, and then he'll just disappear. Yeah, yeah. So you really need to think about not walking in there. Okay. And how you're going to look at it without walking, leaving your scent there. Okay, gotcha. That makes sense. So you're trying to look yeah. straight into it. So do you try yeah, to get so us... Some... Go ahead. You might spend, you know, like, there's a spot it's right next to a road and you could just walk through it or to actually hunt it properly. You might have to drive to the other side of the valley and walk for an hour to get up on a bluff and look in there. Okay. Gotcha. Right. Yep. That makes sense. Whereas you could have just walked through it. Yes. Mm-hmm. But also at the same, you could have been, you know, 30 yards from a bear and you never even saw him. Right. Yep. Well, so. yep. <clears throat> That's cool. I, I, 
what kind of berries are growing that are getting ripe that time of year? Uh, like the salmon berry. Okay. And, uh, it's like a raspberry kind of. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Also, we have uh, wild strawberries. They're usually getting yep. ripe around that time as well. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Actually, we had a really good wild strawberry crop this year. I picked, uh, they're small, but I was able to pick a couple jars worth of jam <laughs> this year. I was oh, pretty yeah. happy about that. They're so, so tasty and sweet right oh they are they are i mean if you've never had this is not well it sort of has something to do with bears but if you've ever if you've never had wild strawberries folks you gotta try them like store-bought strawberries are nothing compared to wild strawberries like all the flavor of a wild strawberry or a store-bought strawberry is like compacted into one tiny little berry they're just awesome. oh yeah they're good so yeah they're so good Yep. And to prove your point, there was bear tracks leading the strawberry patch. So. <laughs> yep. They love them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So. Well, that's interesting. So. Cool. Um. So, do you have any other? So, say. Do you? Ha- I, I guess. Do you have any other like specific tricks or tactics when you're putting a stock on a bear? Um. Um. Yeah. Use like a decoy system quite often okay like what's that what do you mean decoy system so i use like a black umbrella okay as like a decoy Mm -hmm. so if i if i want to get into a bear like i mean i'm always making sure i have the wind yeah but if you're thinking you know it's going to be noisy it's Mm going to be it's not optimum yeah i whip out my black umbrella open it up and look like a bear and then i just walk you know so he can see me, but not in an aggressive manner towards him. Okay. And quite often, hell, well, in lots of cases, he comes to me, especially during the rut. They come over to you real quick sometimes. That um, is crazy. Because in, in their world, of course, uh-huh. some, what else would it be than another bear? Right. So, yeah, we, I've used that. Uh, I use that trick quite frequently, and it, it works really, really good. That's crazy. You would think that they would see, like, the dude behind the umbrella. Because, I mean, <laughs> that's crazy. I, I can't... I mean, I've I've heard of, like, antelope being that gullible, you know, like, pronghorn and stuff. But that's crazy yeah. to think a bear would fall for that trick. And not even, like, a good... Like, you don't have, like, a... You're talking just a straight black umbrella. Yep. And then, <laughs> uh... Well, but you gotta remember, their eyes aren't much different than ours at best, but... If you if you have the wind in your favor, yeah, then he really he doesn't really know he's going off the assumption, right? Yeah, that you're a bear. Yeah, and then next thing you know, he's over there. I mean, once they're like close, they they realize that they've been wronged. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but by that time, you've had an opportunity, right? Right. Exactly. Okay. Yep. How close are you able to get with that? Like before they're like, wait a second, wait a second. Uh, 50 feet seems to be a pretty standard. Okay. Uh, you can like, sometimes I try and make like a, a heavy, like hoofing breathing noise that I, I've heard them make. Mm-hmm. Like they talk to each other that way sometimes yeah. and that'll kind of get them interested. But the odd time I've had bears come like, r- like right to me, like really? touch the umbrella to me. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, you know, because I mean, that's something I've seen with bear behavior even around here is that if they can't smell you, they do not trust their eyes at all. Like I mean, I've had yeah. bears 
20 feet from me. I mean, I didn't have a black umbrella or anything. I was just a guy standing in the woods, but the wind was in my face. And yeah. I've had a, you know, a six foot bear, you know, start to circle me because he didn't know what I was. And as soon as he got me my wind, he's like, oh, I'm out of here. But, yep. so, but uh, that's interesting. So, I mean, if you have the, the black umbrella, that would even throw him off more. That's awesome. So, cool. Yeah, it can be. You know, it can give you that little bit of an edge, you know, especially if it's an archer. Yeah. Make yep. a big difference. Yep, exactly. That's neat. Yeah, and, and also that was on that, that episode. That's how uh, Clay on that episode shot that bear is you guys use the umbrella to get real close. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's so, cool. That's and that cool. was during, that was the beginning of the rot. That bear had come, came quite close to us earlier that day, actually. Okay before we shot it so or we think it was the same one anyways yeah but it's hard to tell sometimes yeah yep i know what you mean that's cool do you have any other uh any other ticks trip or tricks to get close to a bear like on the stock um well i i do use predator calls occasionally too okay. uh kind of mixed success as well mm-hmm. with that one okay um yeah it's definitely not a for sure <laughs> yeah yeah no doubt so what kind of call are are you just a normal distress like rabbit distress call or whatever? Yeah, fawn bleat, same okay. kind of deal. I have there's lots of black tailed deer in our area, mm-hmm. uh, and the bears do predate on them for sure. Yeah. Um, so especially I find as you get to fawning season, yeah. uh, they're more likely to come to that call. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be when it mm-hmm. does happen, it's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Bear comes charging right in. That's awesome. Yeah. But it, you, you don't find it, like, super successful for yourself, though? Mm, not, no. It's kind of a last-ditch effort. Or sometimes I'll find places, like, where I know there's a big bear, but mm-hmm. there's just no way to hunt him. Okay. And then I'll try calling him. And sometimes it works, and you get him. And then you think, wow, that really paid off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, then, exactly. Another place, in the, for whatever reason, it won't work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because you got to have the calling is very like wind is a bit like because you don't know where the bear is, right? Right. So, you know roughly where he is, but not exactly. So, uh, having a place where all the thermal currents work to your advantage is tricky to find. But yeah. they do, it does happen occasionally <clears throat> where you can call one in for sure. Okay. Gotcha. That's cool. So, so early in the spring, you, you try to focus on spot and stalk. And then you said later on during the rut, especially you start to walk logging roads more just because the, the big boars are, um, walking, you know, scent checking those roads then. Yeah. Um, well, I still, I still use spot and stalk even yeah. during the rut. Okay. Uh, but I do, I will use just traveling to my advantage as well, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I mean, like, so the, the the bears, when I say they're walking the roads, those are bears without sows, of course. Right. Yeah. Um, so by by hunting and glassing the feeding areas, I can find sows that are have a, a male with them as well. Okay. Gotcha. Right? Yep. So yep. then, of course, we're, that's spawn stock. So uh, a male without a female is really, really hard to get on because he's moving he's looking for a female yeah yeah. but a a male with a female is extremely easy to get on in Mm. most cases because they are definitely not looking for danger at that point (laughs) they're just doing their thing right yep exactly 
a little more so, stationary too. Yeah, so I usually find around like the around May twentieth they're looking for sows, mm-hmm. and by the next hunt the bear the boars have sows. So then we really focus on glassing again and looking for the the boars that are with sows and they're courting, actively courting, and then figure out a plan and get them. Okay, gotcha. That's cool. Okay, that makes sense. Cool. And you said you find you find those bear the bears the boars that have sows up high in just nasty country. You said quite well in our area. There's, I okay. mean, we're talking. These are serious mountains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. So you'll have your feed areas, but then the farther up the mountain you look, it just it just turns to stone. So quite often that they'll go up high mm-hmm. into you know these really like. There'll be mountain goats, you know, kind of meandering around where the bears are sleeping. Okay, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> like, they're, they're up in some nasty rocks, and they'll go, you know, they'll be down in the feed area while it's cool, mm-hmm. and then for the hotter part of the day, they'll work their way up into those rocks, and they'll bed down up in there. Okay. And then, you know, later in the evening, as it cools off again, that's you'll see those bears come back out to the feed areas again. Okay. Um, and that's kind of, you got to really catch them at those periods. Like, if it gets in... in june or early june it can be you know it can be a 30 degree day and it's not dark until you know 9 30 10 o'clock at night yeah so you're yeah. putting in a, a pretty hard day on because we'll get up we'll hunt those you know that valley bottom hunt those thermal currents mm-hmm. then we might go have a nap um and have breakfast and stuff and then we're out hunting again by noon yeah um and then we'll hunt from noon until 10 p.m right yeah so it is. It's a long day of hunting, but yeah. uh, you you do see critters, so it's it's pretty pretty good. Yep. How many bears a day do you think you see? I mean, on average, I know every day is different, but yeah, yeah, you average it out. Um, you know, I'd, if you saw kind of between five and ten every day, you're, do, you're doing pretty decent. Yeah. Um, and some day, you know, you're gonna have those golden days where you see, you know, twenty. So yeah. you know, on a hunt, you're gonna see, you know. To see 50 bears in a hunt wouldn't be an unrealistic number. Really? Um, wow. And then in a few, you know, how many shooter bears are you going to see? Uh, that depends a little bit, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. some some of the best early hunts I've been on myself, I've only, you know, you spend a week and you only see one bear, but he sure was a big one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But those are, that's like the extreme end of the early season hunting. Even before I take hunters, I go out hunting myself. Yeah. Um, so... Oh, that's cool. You that's don't cool. really don't see many then, but you sure do see when you do see one. He's usually a real, real big guy. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. When are you personally hunting? So you for the for bears then? Um, I don't generally hunt our concession, so I hunt uh, just in the surround, you know, outside my concession in the surrounding area kind of thing. So I'll go okay. down a setup camp, you mm-hmm. know, a week to ten days early, and I'll scout and set up trail cameras, and then go up you know, out to the side kind of for a night and hunt mm-hmm. in another valley or, but sometimes if, if I'm only taking a few hunters, I'll hunt our area too. It's the hunting pressure is so low. It's, you yeah. Know. Yep. Do, is there any like locals that hunt there or anything? Oh, oh yeah. Some local traffic comes through hunting for sure. Okay. I mean, BC resident hunters can hunt anywhere they want. Right. Of uh, course. But it, I have, they can hunt, you know, black, there is everywhere across the province and so to come to a specific place to hunt black bear unless you're 
really into you know trophy black bear hunting the coast range is where you want to go for sure but even that is a a huge area yeah Um, exactly so i don't you know if i see maybe in the spring i would see four or five resident hunters i mean yeah (laughs) yeah people like people with the same size territory as me you know that take more like some guys on the island their territory is no bigger than mine but they take you know 30 bear hunters yeah and i i take what i can only personally guide yeah so the yeah the the pressure is just so low on them mm-hmm. that it makes it makes for an awesome hunt in terms of quality yeah uh, versus you know quantity is kind of my thing i really even to keep myself interested i'm interested in killing r- bigger and bigger and bigger bears right so you have to hunt a place where those exist <clears throat> yeah exactly that's awesome that is really really cool stuff so neat. So um, something else I want to talk about. So, you know, on your Instagram page, it, which is, it'll be in the link of this or in the description of this podcast, uh, but it's at Pacific Bear Outfitters. But you've got some really interesting bear dishes on there I've seen. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me about, so the, the specific one is your, I think it's smoked bear meat pizza. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds good. Matter of fact, I had a smoked um, bear ham sandwich today. That was really good. Oh but, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I like bear ham. That's a good, that's a really good uh, way to utilize it as well. So yeah, I mean, uh, just due to logistics of like life in general, mm-hmm. not every hunter can take home his meat. Yeah, that's just the way it is. Yeah, but there's obviously if properly utilized. Can become really good so we yes. really pride ourselves on eating everything that we hunt hunt and kill so yeah. um i've come up with some different ways to make it for sure um mm-hmm. and they usually turn out pretty good i don't know uh, a wise man once told me that if you take an animal mm-hmm. and at every single step of the process treat it like someone's going to eat it then somebody will so i've really taken that to heart <laughs> and uh that's a great I, yeah, I, I smoke, like I'll smoke a quarter. This is mm-hmm. one of the best ways I've found to utilize bear meat is smoke an entire quarter. And you don't need, like, I'm talking like a big chief smoker. Yeah. Put in, you know, rub a little salt on it, a little sugar if you want to. Uh, throw in there two pans of chips, three pans of chips. Doesn't really matter. Uh-huh. Peel, take them out of there. Peel all the meat off the bone. Throw it in your crock pot and make some sort of a sauce okay similar to a barbecue sauce of some sort yeah and you cook that sucker for about 40 hours okay. until it just becomes like strand you know protein strand meat in sauce that's been smoked okay Ooh. and then from there i'll take that stuff and i'll put it on a pizza mm-hmm. or in a sandwich mm-hmm. or you just use that it's like making burger meat like grinding meat yeah the same idea so i use that as a base material and then i can make all kinds of different stuff and it tastes phenomenal that sounds Um, delicious oh it's awesome or we'll throw it on uh one of our other favorite ones uh cornbread Mm -hmm. and you do you know pulled bear meat on it poached eggs hollandaise sauce there's like a winner nobody nobody in your family will say no to that thing really i've never had that Poached oh, eggs, bear meat, and hollandaise sauce. That yep. sounds delicious. Oh, yeah. Ooh, 
That sounds really, really good. I'm a big fan of, like, pulled bear, like, like sandwiches like that. Like, what I'll do is I'll take the bear rib, and I'll do a quick, I'll, I'll throw it, um, I'll rub it with a rub or whatever, and I'll throw it, uh, I'll broil each side really quick in the oven, and then I'll throw in the crock pot until it's, like, fall off the bone. And I'll either eat the ribs like that, or I'll cook it to where it's, you know, just falling off the bone and make a sandwich, like a bear, pulled bear's you know, barbecue sandwich or whatever. Same sort of thing. Oh, yeah. It's really, it's so good. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You can't lose with that. It's, it's delicious. Yeah. Uh, we make a lot, a lot of different kinds of bear sausage too. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's always a winner. Yeah. Um, the, probably one of the, the faves for me is if you kill a really nice fall bear uh-huh. and you, that's out of a berry patch yep. and you spend you know, whatever time period it takes and just skin all the fat off mm-hmm. and then render the fat down into just mm-hmm. pure oil. Oil, yep. And then fry things in that. Oh, I know. Oh, oh yeah. Like so homemade good. donuts or, oh, man. Ooh, I've never made donuts with it. I have made cookies, though. Oh, that's so good. Oh, yeah. Any sort of baking or pastry, it is just amazing. It is. It really is. I'm, the last good fall bear I killed... Me and my buddy killed it way up high in the mountains, mm-hmm. and we were skinning it. And by the time we were done skinning it, we were just black, <laughs> like black purple from yeah. the blueberries this guy was oh, in. That's awesome. Everything smelled, it just smelled like berries. <laughs> and the, I mean, it's fat, it's yeah. white. Yeah, but exactly. it was opaquely purple. <laughs> and we skinned awesome. it up, got back to camp. Which was just a lean-to in the in the forest, yeah. and we, you know, skinned a skinned a bunch of this off, and rendered it down. And we were throwing. There was a bunch of us at camp, uh-huh. and we were just all night long. I think we were up all night, and it was raining, and we were just throwing stuff in this fat and frying it and eating it. Oh, it was man. like anything under the sun we could find. We were just dumping it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yep. I I love rendering bear fat too, and. Uh, I've, I've fried bear steaks in it. Um, uh, you know what's awesome is a trout, like a really delicate trout, whether it's rainbow trout or brook trout or whatever. And, you know, if you guys got cutthroats. Um, and frying that that in bear, bear oil. Oh, that Ooh. is so good. That I never is, thought of that one. I might have to try that. That is oh, delicious. Absolutely delicious. And so... Huh. Yeah, that's great, great stuff. Well, cool. Yep. Yeah, and you know, and uh, you know what I found too, especially with a sweet fall bear like that, is they make exceptionally phenomenal, um, like maple breakfast bear sausage. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, you get, you, and I just, I don't even go crazy with the seasoning. I just buy some store bought like maple breakfast sausage seasoning, and I'll do whatever they say to, for the directions, <laughs> and. uh I'll tell you what, you have that with some pancakes and some real maple syrup. Oh, oh yeah. It's so good. It is just delicious. So, oh, I'm hungry now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, well, cool. Do you, you, so you said you don't fall, hunt the fall bear, bears too much, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't generally, gu- oh, I, I hunt them a bit, but I don't guide them oh, in the fall just because okay. I, I can't ensure the, the success rates that I would like to. Yeah. Um, uh, if, you know, if somebody I know says, you know, I want to come fall bear hunt, especially like on a salmon stream 
you know, mm. especially if it's an archer, yeah. then all, you know, there's all, there's exceptions to every rule, but yeah. obviously I don't want to hunt the salmon streams too hard either because then they don't, you know, back to that same quality thing. So, yeah. you know, if I take, you know, a fall, one or two fall bear hunter kind of thing, it's, it we have good success, but I couldn't take any number and ensure that kind of success. So I don't, right. so I just do spring hunts. Gotcha. For okay. the most part. Gotcha. Cool. Good stuff. Question. Do you ever hunt grizzlies in your area? Uh, not in my area. It is currently not open for grizzly. Okay. Um, so where I am, that's a, one of the reasons I have really good bear, black bear hunting is because I don't have a dense grizzly population. There is grizzlies there, um, but they aren't very dense. Okay. densely populated yeah um and that's good because when it, areas where you will find dense grizzly populations the black bear hunting is not very good generally yeah yeah that's definitely makes sense <laughs> they're not exactly buddies <laughs> no they're not good friends um but no. i do hunt grizzly myself yes and okay. we generally you know my wife hunts them as well so we're okay. usually every fall when we're not guiding because we spring guide so we usually hunt grizzly in the fall ourselves a bit so that's cool yeah that's cool now question do you do you like the grizzly bear meat uh yeah oh yeah it's fine uh from a mountain bear so yeah i mean yeah okay that's cool yeah that's i always ask because i'm i you know i i hear all the Oh, grizzlies are t- so horrible, but it's like they're so similar to black. I mean, I understand they're feeding on salmon or whatever that they're probably not great, but I mean, a, yeah, especially a mountain grizzly feeding on, on berries, they've got to be delicious, and you get way more meat out. Oh of yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, they're they're very good eating as well. Yeah, yeah. people. Yeah, I think the biggest uh, thing with eating bear meat is the the mental thing for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but once it just becomes a routine part of life, that's where you get your food from, then that's where you get your food from, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, I would feel like it's just, like, it'd be weird for me to, because, I mean, I pretty much, yeah, all the meat I consume is, you know, I hunt for myself. And yeah. it would just feel weird, like, going to the store and buying meat. That would be weird to me. But, like, there's oh, nothing, yeah. I mean, it's totally... I mean, that's all I consume is not all. I mean, I eat venison and stuff too and elk and all that, but you know, bear meat is like a very integral part of my diet, you know? Oh, for and sure. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I just can't even fathom, but it's just a mental thing. I mean, there's nothing odd about it. So. No, but, no, it's a very good food. I find. Yeah. Yeah. So same here. Cool. Well, I know we're getting close to time here, but, uh, I want to hear your best bear hunting story. Oh, my best bear hunting story. Yeah. Mm. Yours or, or, you know, if you got a, a really awesome guiding story too, that's good too. Um, well, there's been, I've been on a lot of good hunts. Uh, one, about five years ago on Thanksgiving, uh, mm. me and my wife went hunting uh, it's kind of spur of the moment after work, mm-hmm. and we went up high and we we're glassing some some big high cut blocks, mm-hmm. uh, and we we're up on this rock knob. And I looked across into some 
you know, about a six-year-old cup walk, high pine tree, you know, mm-hmm. or, well, I didn't know it was a high, how high the pine trees were at the time. Yeah. Uh, and I thought I could see a, the face of a bear. Yeah. And I, I looked at it, no, nah, it's not moving, so kind of kept glassing other areas. Uh, and I came back to that. And it, at one point, as I came back to it, probably checked it four or five times. Mm-hmm. It moved. Finally, it moved. And it, it was a bear's head. Uh-huh. So this is, I mean, it, this is a couple kilometers away and, and quite yeah. a bit lower in elevation than where we were. Yeah. Um, so we kind of ma- made a plan, you know, figured out the wind, figured out a plan to get close to him. So probably... I don't know if it was 2K kilometers away. Oh, right. You guys are in the States. So it would be about a mile away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we kind of take our time getting down into this. We had to cross a draw and then come back up the other side and then get over there. Mm-hmm. And he's in, you know, from what we had initially seen, it looked, you know, very easy to get over and through too. Yeah. But as we got over there, I realized that the pine trees were not, you know, they weren't four feet tall. They were six to eight feet tall pine trees. <laughs> so now yeah. we're in this giant expanse of pine trees. Mm-hmm. And somewhere in there is a bear, which I still hadn't seen. Like, I'd seen his face. And I, from that great distance, his face struck me as being the face of an older bear. Okay. So we get in there. And we're looking at get to this spot. And there was, like, this dead, you know, big dead snag tree laying down and a stump and i had thought you know that's the spot where he was near when i had been about a mile away yeah so i got to this spot and i'm sitting there and sitting there and sitting there and sitting there and i don't hear anything and i still i'd held the wind the wind was good so we i mean he could have been feeding he could have been doing whatever he was he could have been long gone because this is probably a good hour it took to get over there yeah so Sitting there, nothing happened. Probably just waited 10 or 15 minutes or something mm-hmm. at this spot. Nothing happens. So my wife was sitting on the log behind me, and she, she didn't think we were going to get it or something. I don't remember exactly what she was thinking, but I thought, no, I'm just going to go just to, you know, there's this gradual grade, and mm-hmm. then there was kind of this little bit of a rock knob. So I thought, well, I'll just, you know, it's a couple hundred yards. I'll work my way up to that big knob and then i can see down the other side maybe he's there yeah so i took you know 15 steps mm-hmm. past on my way up to this thing and in the there's like a rotting stump and you know how the rotting stumps get that like soft kind of similar it's like sawdust almost but yeah. it's like rotting material yeah and in that there was this just a massive depression from a foot mm-hmm. and i thought man that that's his track and i was like he's here somewhere i just can't see him uh-huh so i just stopped and i kind of kneeled down and i could you know the hunter sense i was like he's here with me he's right here somewhere yeah. he's right with me and i whistled and when i whistled this big goddamn bear was laying behind a stump in a depression and he just stood up uh-huh. And he's like 15 feet away. <laughs> and he looks right at me. And I uh-huh. just ra- raised up the rifle and I 
put one right through both shoulders. Uh-huh. And he just went, whoop, into the dirt. And then when he tipped over, I put another one through his lungs real quick. <laughs> and that was that was it. Oh, Everything awesome. just went silent. And I thought, holy crap. Yeah. And I walk up and I pick his, you know, I, wa- I waited a couple minutes because this thing is freaking huge. Yeah. I walk up, I pick up his paw, and I was just like, every now and then, uh, you know, you're killer, like, I say you can kill, like, a lot of, like, really good bears. Yeah. And then every once in a while you kill a bear and you go to him and you put your hands on him and you think, how on earth can this creature exist? <laughs> and this was one of those bears. Yeah. And it was just a just a giant. He was so big the two of us couldn't, like, roll even roll him around. Wow. You know, like, he, was, he didn't awesome. quite square eight feet, but he was... He's essentially a, an eight foot black bear. He's seven, seven foot eight inches. What? So, Whoa. So they, they do exist. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. So that's kind of, I don't know if it's my most memorable hunt, but it definitely is in, in the top few. Works for me. Eight foot <laughs> bear? Whoa. I'm gonna have you're gonna have to send me pictures of that so I can post it. That is a monster bear. Oh yeah. Wow. Yep. There's some some good pics of it. So. Wow, that's awesome. That is crazy. How was packing that thing out? Oh, it took a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of animal there. Yeah, so I bet. I think I think we took part of the next day to do it as well so. yeah, I can imagine. but that was the next day i think was thanksgiving in canada which is uh october third fall fish so yeah okay yep. the next day was thanksgiving so we had a pretty happy thanksgiving at our house because we had this gigantic bear <laughs> with this gigantic bear hide laid out on the deck so that's awesome that is awesome <laughs> yeah i was gonna say you're like thanksgiving i'm like wait I'm like, November, you know, almost December. That's crazy late. I'm like, wait, no, 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 Canadian Thanksgiving. Canadian Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yep. But, yeah, we, we got a mix of listeners here, though. We got, it's not it's not half and half, but we got a good percentage of Canadians, so they understand. But, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, cool. That's awesome. That is insane. How much meat do you get out of an eight-foot black bear? Oh, there was a lot. I don't remember, but it was the rear quarters were almost similar to a moose quarter. So, (laughs) (laughs) that's insane. That is insane. So, I mean, I'm just gonna throw a number out there. Had to be well over 200 pounds. Oh, of pure meat. (laughs) Oh, I I would think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's insane. That is so awesome. Like the hide in the skull was like one pack trip. Yeah, yep, yep. And then <laughs> it's basically packing out a grizz hide. Oh yeah, and yeah. then uh, oh yeah, we yeah, I've killed lot a couple of grizz smaller than that guy for sure. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's... he was a big old fella. Yep. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, let's make a deal. How about uh, how about I come there and we get an eight foot black bear? That sounds sweet to me. Oh, I don't know about eight, but I, I think we could probably manage a seven. Oh, okay, okay. I guess I'll have to settle. 
That's oh, like a second cool. set thing as an eight footer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I have to do two twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> cool stuff. <laughs> yep. Well, anyway, I definitely plan on uh, coming to hunt with you uh, the next year or two here. Not next spring. Definitely the next spring. So, but uh, I I gotta shoot. I gotta come see some of those monster bears. That's awesome stuff. So. Yep, they're up there. So. Yep. Oh, cool. So anyway, um, we gotta start wrapping this up. But uh, um, let's talk about your business a little bit. So, uh, Pacific Bear Outfitters. Um, you basically book hunts from essentially the last week of April to, uh, June 15th, right? Yep. Okay, cool. And, uh, how can folks get a hold of you? Uh, so you can reach us at hunt at pacificbearoutfitters.com. Okay. Or you can phone me directly on my cell at, uh, 250-253-1235. Okay, and that'll be the link in the or in the description of this podcast. So if you missed that, just look at the description. You can pull those numbers and stuff. So cool. Yep. Okay. Well, any what do you want to talk about? Anything specific about that? With... Um, no, it was probably fairly self-explanatory. I okay. guess. Yeah. Um, yep. Okay. Cool. We we do have uh, one thing we do is like because uh, I take such a low density of hunters. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have. You know, if you're booking a hunt with us, a one-on-one hunt with us, mm-hmm. and you have a son or daughter or a grandson or granddaughter between 10 and 16, they can come hunt a bear with you for just the cost of their license and tags. That's awesome. That is super so cool. So that's kind of like a, a youth thing because, I mean, if, you know, if you're coming and you have, yeah, I'd rather see you bring your son or your daughter or grandson or granddaughter uh, and, I mean... For me, if they harvest another bear, it's not, you know, the end of the world mm-hmm. on a monetary basis. And yeah. that's the next generation of hunters, right? And if we don't yeah. pass it on to them, then we cease to exist. So, Yes, absolutely. Cannot agree more to that. So that's awesome of you, man. That is really, really cool. So good stuff. Well, yeah, so um, definitely get a hold of Devin then and... Uh, uh, if you want to go hunting with them, I plan to in the next couple of years, so in the next year or two. So I definitely think you should too. So uh, anyway, all right. Well, um, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, oh, I think we got it all. Maybe I don't know. We can talk more about food, but <laughs> <laughs> no, because I need to go eat dinner now uh... <laughs> after that conversation we had. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Good stuff. So, anyway, yep. My closing thought is thanks for coming on and uh, definitely look forward to uh, coming to hunt with you here soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And, uh, I'm, well, I'm sure we'll be in touch besides. So, yeah, yep. We'll definitely have you have to have you back on here. So, definitely wealth of knowledge and really appreciate it. So, thanks again, sure. Devin. And uh, thanks everybody for tuning in.